Hey everybody, it's uh, me, Kyle O'Brien. Um, I wanted to get this stuff out of the way at the top of the show before we open it up and get into it. I wanted to uh, explain some changes that are coming up here on the That's Not Funny podcast. Um, I got burnt out. I got burnt down. I'm not going to lie to you. I did 17 episodes, which isn't much at all. And I got burnt out. I got burnt out way before episode 17. And I think it was apparent. Um, and that's just because I felt like I was forcing myself to play a character that, that just isn't me. And it was fun at first. Uh, when I first started it, I wasn't in a good headspace. Um, I, I'll get into more about what was going on in my life around that time. But, uh, I mean, for one, I was coming off of painkillers, so I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't exactly uh, in in a good mind space to really be creative, and I was just kind of playing this disgruntled character that just wants to get on a microphone and bitch, which you know it's still part of me, but it's not it's not me. So um, yeah, we got some big changes coming up. This podcast uh, it's gonna be about me, and it's gonna be about the things that I like, and it's gonna be about you. And it's going to be about all of us. And I want to make it a free, open discussion. I want to, you guys can send me anything and we can talk about it. You guys can leave uh, listener messages on Anchor, all kinds of shit. But here's kind of the rundown that I got real quick. We're going to be talking about music. Uh, we're going to be talking about musicians that I've been really feeling lately because, you know, I kind of change and music's a big part of me. So we're going to be talking about music. I got a good friend. His name's Aaron. He's going to be coming on here weekly, and we're going to be talking about uh, new up-and-coming artists and also artists that we just haven't been able to stop listening to over the week and why we've been really into the music and you know what it makes us feel and what we love about it and what we love about the artist. Uh, we'll be talking about MMA. I grew up a huge martial arts fan. Um, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, I've been through, you know, after my two knee surgeries, I kind of slowed down a bit, but I'm getting back into martial arts uh, this year, and I'm going to start fighting again. And it's just, it's always been a big aspect of me, and it's always been something that I've been super interested in and that I, I love the dynamics of. So we're going to discuss it. Upcoming fights, past fights, favorite fighters, martial art movies, all of it. We're going to be getting into it, and you guys can send me your recommendations. Again, like I said, it's it's an open conversation. Let's participate. Let's let's make this family together. Um, also going to be talking about science and fucking space. Science and space. I love it. I know I come across as this, I don't know, maybe not the most educated person, but uh, I, love, I love shit about science. I love talking about it. I love learning about it. I love the amazement that space is. Um, and I love reading things. I look at news articles all the time about it, and um, I'm a computer science major, so I'm really into fucking computer science. I think that there's fantastic shit that's going on with AI nowadays, and even video games are insane. So we're going to be talking about that too. Um, another big thing, this is a big change, and this is real real big for me to put myself out here, um, not only creatively, but also on the fucking internet in something that's international. Uh, I'm going to be talking about self-love and self-care. And that's something that I feel like people people touch on in social media and stuff nowadays. But I, I feel like I have a unique perspective. I don't think that it's more unique than yours, but I just feel like I want to share it. Um, I've been through a lot of things in my short 25 years on this planet. Um, and I've learned a lot of lessons. I've seen people around me go through things and learn lessons and... 
um, I'm kind of coming out of it for the better. And it's just been a big thing for me is to focus on not only loving myself, but also loving the people around me and making sure that they know it and appreciating the world that's around me. Because if you just live with fucking anger, life sucks. And I'm not, I'm not about that. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, you're going to hear me catch up with old friends because I figured out how to record over the internet. So we're going to do that. Going to catch up with friends. Um, and I'm going to have conversations with my dad. That's a segment that I'm very, very excited for. Uh, because if there's one big, one person who was a big, big factor in my life, it was my father. And that's just because of the, a lot of the conversations that we were able to have when, even when I was very young, talking about the, the importance of satellites when I was in middle school, like shit that just, you know, it's just, he's a very wise person. He's been through a lot of experiences in his own life. And, um, I wanted to bring him on for a segment each week where we just, we just catch up, we talk, and then, uh, maybe he can share some life lessons and share some stories. I fucking love him. And I know that you guys will too. Um, so yeah, that's going to be kind of the rundown of what's coming up on this podcast. So, uh, stay tuned once again, Instagram, TNF pod, and send your emails, whatever it is. If it's something you want me to talk about, if it's, I don't know, reaction that you have to the, to, to the podcast episode, whatever. It's an open inbox. That's not funny pod at gmail.com. That's not funny pod at gmail.com. Um, thank you to everybody who's been a listener from day one or, you know, you've been coming back for more. I really, really, really do appreciate it. And um, I know that this isn't that big just yet, um, but you know, I love you guys, and uh, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode, and keep coming back for more. So let's get into it. That's Not Funny, episode 18. Here we go. to my man Megatron for hooking it up with the saucy instrumentals to open up this show uh, I fucking love it man that's the uh, that's Shaolin by Megatron um, we're fucking here we're here it's the fabled episode 18 of that's not funny um, we got a lot in store and I'm gonna start off with telling you some headlines from the news that I'm going to collect each week and I, you don't even have to worry about opening up your news app because I got you. I fucking got you. Head of Russia's space agency says Venus is a Russian planet. That's for you to know. Also what happened this week, Dwayne Johnson tears out front gate with bare hands. He said, not my finest hour, but a man's got to go to work. Hey, I'm right there with you, Dwayne Johnson. I feel it. Officer tells black man he looks suspicious for wearing designer Crocs. Honestly, I don't think it depends on the color of your skin. I think anybody who's wearing Crocs, let alone designer Crocs, looks fucking suspicious. Also, what's a designer Croc? I don't know. 
Florida parents reportedly smoking weed and drinking during kids' remote classes. I mean, what else do you expect out of Florida, huh? I don't expect much less. I expect just that. So with that, let's fucking wrap it up. That's your news for the week. That's all you need. That's all you need. If you have questions about it, don't worry about it. We just answered them. That's all you need to know. The rest of the world is fine. Nothing's going crazy. The economy's doing great. Politically, we're doing fine. Socially, we're doing even better. Happy Monday, all you beautiful people. We finally made it to a new week, which means a new episode of That's Not Funny. And uh, I'm excited to bring it to you. I've been waiting. I've been I've been waiting so long. I was so ready. But I had to let one thing happen first. That was UFC 253 out in Abu Dhabi. I had to let it happen because I had to know what happened. I had to know if my hunches were right. And I wanted to be able to come on here and talk to you fine people about it. So hopefully you watched it too. If not, then the rest of this class isn't going to make any sense. And it's your fault that you didn't do your due diligence study. That's called water, my friends. Make sure to drink some. Also, make sure to text your mother. She's, she's worried about you. Okay? Now let's get into it. So... UFC 253 was headlined by Israel Adesanya, and he was facing off against the challenger, Paulo Costa. All right, it was a big fight. Um, a lot of people, some good diehard fight fans were excited because the style that Israel Adesanya brings into the octagon is hasn't really been seen since, of course, Anderson Silva. So it's that's why they call him the last style bender. It's exciting to watch. He's very talented. He's just an electric kid. And you just, every, every fight that he's in, he... He doesn't look like he should win until he starts throwing some hands, and then you're like, man, this kid's just, he's fast, he's got hes got talent. And then you got the challenger over here, Paulo Costa, who just came off of a decision win against uh, Yoel Romero. And Yoel Romero, maybe you guys should do yourself a service and give him a Google. That man is a freak of fucking nature. If, if Superman existed, it would be him. And he would talk like this and be all about Jesus Christ. That's my best Yoel Romero impersonation I could do. <laughs> but this dude, this dude is huge. I mean, like he fights at the 185 pounds, and he looks like a fucking cobra. Like, his traps go into his the base of his skull and straight out to the shoulders. I mean, he's fucking huge, all right? Like, his neck looks like it could deadlift a easy 495 500 pounds for reps for fucking reps that's that's a neck dude that's a fucking neck his neck he could headbutt you and break your shin like he could check your kick with his face and your leg would snap and his head would barely even move he's got pvc pipes this the size of muscle that it, it muscle the size of pvc pipes coming out the base of his skull going straight down to his shoulders the dude is insane but he's not that aggressive. <laughs> he's a good fighter, but he's much more of a uh, defensive fighter. He's good at countering, and he's good at, at just baiting you in. And if you want to have a brawl, he's going to stand right there and fucking eat the punches and throw them back at you, which is exactly what happened when he faced Paulo Costa 
like earlier this year, last year. <clears throat> I don't really remember. Um, oh no, there wasn't a crowd, so I think it was COVID times. Which I mean, if we can be honest, not having the crowds at any UFC event so much better than having a crowd at a UFC event. So much fucking better. Because when you get a crowd, you get a bunch of drunk white dudes who just because they were in a couple of fisticuffs think that they're fucking professional fighters. You basically get wrestling fans. You get fucking wrestling fans in there and you get them a Budweiser and they start screaming out the dumbest shit. And they know a majority of nothing about what it takes to go, like, to do mixed martial arts or actually fight. So if there's not blood being shed and you're not seeing people's faces like rip back from punches, they start they start booing. They could be jockeying for a position on the ground. Somebody just completed a takedown and didn't start grounding and pounding and now they're trying to move into a, a more dominant position and people are booing or they're on the cage. There's so much shit that happens on the, on the, the wall and on the cage. It's why it takes so long. It's it's You should let it play out. I get that it's a little boring, but you get the fuck in there and see if you could even hold a person on the cage for five seconds. If it if it's fucking Yoel Romero, you ain't doing shit. His head is gonna snap you in twain. In twain. <laughs> Let me now that I'm off my soapbox there about that. Paulo Costa looked phenomenal against Yoel Romero. Granted, Yoel Romero dealt a lot of damage in that fight, um, but Costa's chin stood up against Romero, which is huge. And then you watch in comparison to the Israel Adesanya Yoel Romero match, um, and you see pretty much what Israel Adesanya did to Costa over this weekend. It he plays his his own fight game. Costa comes in, he was undefeated. I think he had thirteen fights. He was thirteen and zero. Israel Adesanya was nineteen and zero. But there's a difference between a fighter and a championship quality fighter, and that's mentality, right? Costa still has too much of that young emotion you can see it and you can feel it when you watch him fight you know that it's not just like a chip on his shoulder but like he's he feels those feelings you get in a fight like if you want to be a, a professional fighter or a championship quality fighter like you it can't be emotion it has to be business right you're you're out there that's what your job is the same way that I don't know, people go sit down in front of a computer and make cold calls. Like, with the same amount of enthusiasm, that's that's being a professional fighter. It's about fighting, and it's about fucking business. It's not about, I don't know, your personal emotions. And that's what separates them. When you, when you find, have a person who, even at a very young age, can master that concept and really invest the time that it takes to lay his life out in, in a way that best facilitates that mindset going into a match... And I don't think Paulo Costa is there yet. I think this loss that just got dealt to him uh, this weekend is going to propel him in the future. But um, I don't know. I, I give it a... We, we're going to have to see Israel Asanya fade before there's really anybody else who's going to dethrone him because I still think he's just edging into his prime. Like, like John Jones, the only reason he just lost the belt is because he gave it up. And I mean, he, granted, he was in and out of jail doing dumb shit, but every time he came back, he fucking won it. So I, I think the same thing is going to happen with Israel Adesanya. He's going to be on top for a minute, for a minute. But every fight he's going to do is exciting, and you're definitely going to see Paulo Costa get another shot because there's really not anybody else at the 185 pound division. There's just not much. Um, 
But the fight was good, and it ended in a second round TKO. Um, and if you watched it, it's good, huh? It's good. And if you didn't watch it, it's, it's good. You need to go fucking check it out on YouTube or something. Um, if you have a second round stoppage, uh, <laughs> Israel Adesanya knocked out Costa, right? Put Costa down, got on top, started a ground and pound. Real awkward position. And then uh, by the time the ref called it, Costa had turned and given his back up. So he was turning, you know, onto his chest. And <laughs> as Israel Adesanya was getting up off his back when the fight got stopped, he like air humped him like definitely two or three times, like one or two too many. You know, the one, I get it, tensions are high. You want to be disrespectful. There was some bad blood there. But do we really need the extra pumps? No. No. And I don't know if anybody really caught that. I remember watching it live and thinking, did he just, did he just hump Paulo Costa? Did he just fuck that guy in the ring and then hump him? Like, is that what I just witnessed? You watch the replay and then tell me. All right. That's all I can say. You watch the replay and then, uh, and then tell me. Okay. Cause it was, it was really good. And I think that he definitely did, uh, fuck that guy and then hump him at the end. So hats off to you, Israel Adesanya. I hope you enjoy your dub dude we'll see you next time um paulo costa just get better dude just be better bro it's like trying to be better at call of duty you just are or you're not bro just just like dude all right dude just like be like better bro and like when he's like he's punching you in your face and your shit dude just like don't get punched dude just like don't you know like, oh, shit, whoa, is that a punch? Just, like, miss it, dude, and then, like, punch him. So, like, don't get punched, but, like, punch at the same time, bro. And then, like, rip his dick off with your bare hands and, like, I don't know, throw it into his s'mores and then force feed it to him, dude. I don't know. I don't know, dude. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the co-main event was Dominic Reyes and some giant Polish guy, Jan Blakowicz. Blockowitz, I don't know. His last name looks like Blockowitz. I'm probably butchering it. For my international listeners, please feel free to scroll, scold me at the email. That's not funnypot at gmail.com. It's fine. Just let me know that I'm fucking it up. But I know his first name was Jan, and I know he looked like he should have been in the show Vikings because the guy was definitely eight foot two and just massive, okay? I thought he came in there with two battle axes, but I might have been hallucinating. I'm not sure. The guy was big. But he was definitely not the favorite, okay? Dominic Reyes is already the favorite going into this fight because he stood the test of time against the legend and the GOAT, John Jones. That's the last time we saw Dominic Reyes. And um, he actually put he took it to John Jones pretty well. So if you're going to give anybody another shot at the, at the vacant title, right, because John Jones gave it up because he's trying to go to heavyweight, you're going to give it to Dominic Reyes. And they brought in this Polish guy. I honestly never heard his name before saturday ever and i grew up watching ufc like i probably have borderline an unhealthy obsession with martial arts and mixed martial arts in general and i never heard this guy's fucking name before and then i watched him go in there against dominic reyes and put on an absolute fucking clinic against this guy like round two it, it was over two it, we only had out of the two the co-main event and the main event we only had four rounds it's not even one championship fight dude we only had 20 minutes worth of this shit. And the knockout, I mean, Dominic Reyes is a tough, tough fucking kid. 
tough kid, all right? In that first round, Jan was hitting him with this uh, this nasty left kick right into the, the right ribs of Dominic Reyes. And you could see it, too. Within, like, two or three of the kicks, this guy had a purple, purple, dark, dark welt that is, like, the size of a foot on his ribs. And he just kept fucking smacking it. And, I, and again, like I said, this guy's eight foot five. And he had battle axes, so he's huge, right? He was hitting him with his foot. His foot was definitely the size of, like, his... It just... It was insane, okay? But Dominic Reyes didn't even wince, man. Fought right through it, so hats off to him about that. Um, but then you come into the second round, and you start to get to see more combinations being thrown out of Jan. Jan's doing a good job of baiting Dominic Reyes in. Dominic Reyes throws one punch. Jan either eats it or slips out of the way and then counters back with at least two or three punches, two or three moves, right? Maybe finishing it off with a kick. But his, it's just he got through, you know? He just chopped him down until he, he found his range, he got his rhythm, and then just started teeing off. And there was one punch they showed in slow-mo. Um, I think it was like a, a left hand, but it smacked Dominic Reyes right on the bridge of the nose, but right on the side. And it came with a school bus worth of power. Just, And you saw that thing just snap his fucking nose to the side, flatten it. Like the guy who started the fight and the guy who ended the fight, two completely looking dudes because his nose was fucked, right? His nose was absolute trash. Um, so that, that was definitely the sequence that started the beginning of the end. So... Really exciting stuff, man. Um, I definitely encourage you guys to keep an eye on what UFC is doing because it's the one sport that's going on right now that actually exists that doesn't fill me with depression sometimes when I watch. I can't even watch football sometimes because I'm just like bored. I don't know. You can tell with some of the professional athletes, especially in basketball, some of them aren't even fucking trying, dude. They're just playing pickup games for your enjoyment in an empty fucking stadium with, okay, with artificial crowd noises. What the fuck? I, that's, it wasn't, that wasn't on the docket to discuss today, but I just have to say, hey, what the fuck is an artificial crowd noise? Like, I, I first noticed it watching... Um, Fuck, it's some boxing thing they have. Top rank. I was watching top rank boxing. High as a kite, okay? Because I was on I was on quarantine. Because one of my friends got diagnosed positive with COVID. So I was on quarantine. That was right around the time I came out with episode 14, the comfy episode. Okay? I was blazed. And we were watching top rank boxing, which I could... I never got into boxing before watching it high. Because it just wasn't fun, right? I like to mix martial arts. So there's more to it. Boxing is just like slap fighting. That's all I see. I get that some of them are, you know, really good, but it's just, I don't, I never found the interest. But watching it high, it's awesome. It's great. And then I noticed in the background, you don't see people, but what you hear is, It's just, I guarantee you, it's just they just turned a fan on a fucking microphone and they're like, ah, fuck it, sounds like a crowd. Like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> it just, it makes me laugh to think they had an entire, like, marketing, like, strategy team meeting about what their artificial crowd noise was going to be. And no one has been creative with it yet. No one. Not, hockey sounded the most like kind of a crowd, but like, they're just, it's just fucking white noise. Right. If you have if you have tinnitus like me, I have tinnitus. 
I have hearing aids I'm supposed to be wearing because my ears ring too much, but I don't. But when I'm wearing those hearing aids, I can play these little, uh, these sounds, right? And it's just white noise. It's just like a, like shit like that. And it covers up the ringing. That's, that's, that's all the crowds are nowadays, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. Football is a, a weird sport to not have a crowd with. Imagine, imagine watching your shitty high school football team play another shitty high school football team on a shitty field, and they just there's no crowd. There's no band playing. There's no people screaming. There's no cowbells being rung. You just see a couple of kids that there's like one or two athletes on each team, and it's basically just them going against each other. And you get bored. You get bored. But now the UFC is much better without the crowd because they have the mics hanging in the fucking octagon and you can hear, you can hear those fucking punches just, and that's what's up. That's dope shit. So shouts out to the UFC. Everybody else, fix your artificial crowd noise. If you're going to have anything, it needs to be, you need to get a, a, a recording of a little kitten, a little baby kitten, Hear me out. A little baby kitten, okay? And he's munching on some semi, semi-hard, semi-soft. It's a weird way to describe it. Um, little kitten food, little cat food, okay? You get the little cat noises. Little, little sniffles. Their little purrs. Get, get a cat to purr into a microphone. You know what I mean? Just a little bit. And then just elongate that and make that the, just run, just layer that over everything. Just a continuous cat purr or like a, a little kitten, like eating kibble. I would watch it. I think you would get way more fans if you had that as your artificial crowd noise. I don't know. That's just me, man. That's just me. So let's see what else we have on the docket here today. Um... Ooh, music, music. Specifically, one of my new favorite artists, 070 Shake, which is spelled 070 Shake, like the fucking, the drink, a shake. And she's phenomenal. She's great. Um, I found her a while ago, uh, I want to say like maybe 2017, with her song uh, Honey. And... uh, Shit slapped, not gonna lie, shit slapped. I would play it for you right now, but one, I'm not technologically savvy enough to learn how to turn the Spotify song into an MP4 file to add into this recording, so fucking sorry. And uh, also, I think there's a copyright or something. I'm, you know, I'm just speculating. Um, But no, it's a great song, it's a great song. And uh, I try to pass it around to a couple of my friends who I share music with. And they didn't jump on train, you know? And when I found it, uh, the song only had like 200,000 downloads, which is a lot, right? But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much when it comes to songs on Spotify. Like, I guarantee you these stupid fucking songs that go viral on TikTok have millions of downloads within the first week. So 200,000 over the course of a year, it's not that much. It's almost, that's almost the amount of, the amount of listeners that I have to this podcast. Almost. That's more water, okay? We're staying hydrated this episode. It's the hydration station episode. <sighs> Maybe that's the title. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so uh, she came out with an album um, called Modus 
Vinavici. I feel like, again, I'm not good with these words, guys. I'm not good with it. Modus vivendi. I don't know what it means, but it's clearly Italian or some shit. <laughs> no, it's Latin. I'm not stupid. I don't know what it means, though. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it's not Latin. Maybe I do sound stupid. I don't know. If you do know, shoot me an email. That's not funnypot at gmail.com. Let me know. Um, so she came up with that album. I had been kind of like not feeling it for a while because I got to be in the mood for it. It's very like deep synth type thing. Um, there's some auto-tune, there's a, some obvious auto-tune on her voice. Um, and everything's really, it's definitely the perfect music to listen to if you're on a late night drive and you got the traffic lights and everything creating that beautiful like color spread on your hood and on your 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 mirror you know you're just you're just vibing through the city that's the album you want to listen to as you're vibing through the city it's not exactly the album you want to listen to on a sunny day in a spring field somewhere with sunflowers you know what i mean, I mean but if that's what you're into then whatever but my point is she's very good at what she does right and that album I think Sam Spratt did the cover art. That's the same guy who does the cover art for uh, Logic. Um, real, real talented dude. Uh, so uh, she she did a song with Kanye West. Like she was on a song of his, and um, I believe that like his team, somebody helped her make this album, which is pretty much her debut album. The only other thing she had besides that was Glitter, back in like. 2018 maybe I think um and there was only like six songs on that album but this is a full-length album um and it's good it's really good and uh I've been bumping it like continuously for some reason even when I'm in the gym okay I'm lifting heavy weights which I like powerlifting. okay I'm not I'm not some bitch in here okay we, we've been in the thousand pound club that ain't shit all right we're, we're lifting big boy weight when we're in the gym and usually when you're lifting big boy weight, you need something in your ear that's screaming about death or destruction. You know, you need something that's like, rah, 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 rah. you need that. But, but I don't know, for some reason, every now I get into it, I did the same thing with Jenny Aiko and her, um, I think it's the LSD album. I don't remember. No, The Trip. Trip. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, so I started bumping this album while I'm actually lifting and fuck, dude, it's peaceful. It's it's peaceful. Talk about having a serene thought before you go push, you know, 300 plus pounds off your chest. It's nice. It's nice. So I definitely recommend that you guys check her out. 070 Shake on Spotify. That song that I, that I was just talking about, Honey, how I found her the first time. Honey now has like over 35 million downloads. 35 million. I don't know if you guys are good at math. I'm not. But 200,000 to 35 million, that's a bit of a jump. That's a little bit of a jump. That's some good money, too. I think, I don't know what the rate is, but it's a lot of downloads, man. Somebody's somebody's rolling some dough right now. Uh, definitely go check her out, though. Definitely go check out that album. Um, again, but don't, but it's, it, don't expect you to put, ha, have it put you in a good mood. Just have it be when you really have some time to yourself and you can just fucking vibe on some shit, you know what I mean? I know that that sounds probably the most millennial thing, one of the most millennial things you'll ever hear me say, but you gotta, you gotta be in the mood to vibe on it and it's gotta be loud, okay? You gotta let 
all of the different layers that's going on there do its thing and just fucking enjoy it. It's peaceful. It's nice. I'm all about it. Um, if you guys have any music recommendations or whatever, I'm, I'm a connoisseur. I like it all. Except for country. Don't fucking send me country music. Do not fucking send me country music. I swear to Bob, I don't, I will flip shit, okay? Country is trash. It's fucking garbage. I don't, there's, it's the Florida of music styles, straight up. And I know I have Florida listeners, and for you guys, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry that I have to trash on your state every time it comes up. I don't like it. I don't like your state. I, you might be fine people, but if you are, you should move the fuck out of Florida. Country music is Florida of music. It just is. It's chaos. It's gross. It's just, you know, everyone who listens to it is fat. You can hear it. You can hear the burgers and chicken nuggets as a family meal, right? Like the, the family that, that gets off of their dumb job and then goes and gets a 40-piece chicken McNugget from McDonald's for their fat, obese kids takes it home and goes, hey, look, I got you McDonald's. I got you chicken nuggets. Look, I got you nuggets. You guys like nuggets? And your little fat kid, you're like, oh, we like nuggets. We like nuggets. Like, that's, that's what country music is. Those people listen to country music. I'm not one of those people. <sighs> Don't send me country music. Anything else is fine. Unless, anything else is fine. Yeah, anything else is fine. <laughs> Um, that's not funny pot at gmail.com. And this especially, okay, this especially goes out to my international listeners. All right. I know I have a few of you and I am very, very thankful to have you guys on board. Like I'm probably more excited for my international listeners than I am for my listeners in the U S okay. Especially, well, I don't want to single out a certain country, but send me what's, what music is popular in, in y'all's area, you know, wherever, wherever you live, Canada, Ireland, Netherlands, Sweden, Germany, Australia, Philippines, Kenya, Brazil. Uh, I think that's all. I, th I don't know. I might be missing the UK, Ireland. I think I said Ireland already. But send me. Send, send it. That's not funny. Pot at gmail.com. What's on y'all's, in, in your little fucking circle, what are y'all bumping? I want to know. Introduce me to some of your culture, okay? And I'll talk about it here on the podcast if it's good. Maybe I'll have to label your country as the Florida of countries, but that's highly unlikely, and it's to be determined, okay? Have faith, okay? Um, also, um, for you international listeners, uh, I, I would be very... Again, send an email, okay? That's not funny, pot at gmail.com. You can use music in there, but also, I want to have a conversation with you guys over, like, Discord or... Um, Zoom, something like that. We can have a we can have a conversation. I can either put you in one of the the Twitch streams and we can just chat and you know you guys can share stories about what goes on in your hood because I've I've never been to major I've been to Japan. That's it. Okay, but I would love to learn. You know, so we can get into a convo about that. Um, and or we can do it and I'll I'll filter it in through uh, under the podcast and and you guys can be on the episode. So I'm totally down. Again, like I said, this is an open conversation. It's a family, dude. Share your thoughts. Share your opinions. Send me an email, international peeps, and let's fucking chat, okay? Let's chat. You can make all the Texas jokes you want. I don't give a fuck. It's cool. Um, let's see here. All right, well, before I move into this next segment, um, which is 
again, it's, it's, it's a big thing for me to be doing. Uh, I'm going to share some not so funny stories from my life, very from, you know, recently some stuff that was going on in my life before I, I started the podcast. Um, so I don't know if you, I don't like trigger warnings, but hey, we're going to be talking about drug use and I'm going to be talking about overdose. I'm going to be talking about suicidal ideations and we're going to be talking about um, just, you know, overall bad, you know, just negative stuff. Try and put a positive spin on it, but hey, this is your heads up. I'm going to go take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be getting into some cry-cry time. All right. Here we go. Here we are. All right. I've been looking forward to doing this segment and also dreading it at the same time, uh, strictly just because um, it's tough, you know? It's tough. I'm not a person who likes to talk about my feelings to begin with. I mean, I think just about for anybody, it's hard to admit when either you're going through a hard time or you've been through a hard time. You know, <clears throat> there's people out there, it's becoming increasingly more um, popular, I don't, I don't know about popular, but more relevant, I guess now, more common. Um, people like to just preach, oh, I'm a victim, this happened, blah, 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 and they just label themselves about it. That's why I'm not big on sharing any, you know, my stuff, because I don't want to be seen as, I don't know, anything other than whoever the fuck I am, you know what I mean? I don't want to be labeled through a story, I guess. But I think it's important um, having a platform like I do and and being able to make content that goes out on the internet, that goes out internationally, um, and I, don't, I think I would be, be doing a great disservice if I didn't have some aspect of it that discusses some of the harder topics that maybe a lot of you are going through right now or have experienced in the past or, or loved ones have experienced. Um, you know, we're, we're all, uh, we're all, we're all human. You know, we all have our good days. We all have our bad days. Some of us get into a rut. Bad things happen to us. Things that, you know, nobody really deserves, but you can't control the inevitable. Some, some things just happen. And, um, it's all about how you respond to those things. And it's always, always easier said than done. But I wanted to share a little bit of my story and I'll do more of that as the weeks go on. Um, and you guys can, you know, if you have a question or you guys just want to fucking, you need somebody to talk to, Hey, I'm still a real person. Okay. I know I'm a voice on a podcast app, but I'm not an influencer. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm a real human person. Okay. And I, as long as this podcast goes on, I want it to stay that way. So if you guys ever just want to chat, if you, you know, we're family here, you guys need something, hit up, hit up Kyle O'Brien. All right. Hit up. That's not funny pot at gmail.com. It's a weird, I know it's the podcast email. I'm the only one that has access to it. I'm here. All right. Um, so I'm trying to figure out the best place to start it. Um, I feel like good stories don't always start at the beginning. It's a Quentin Tarantino trick. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Right around the time that I was starting this podcast, um, I had just gotten out of the Navy. Uh, I got out of the Navy in January of this year, uh, of 2020. And... The Navy, I only did five years. Um, I joined back in 2014, and I was hoping to stay in for a very, very 
long time. If I was able to do the jobs that I wanted to do, I was like, you're going to have to, do, I'll stay in until you kick me out. I don't give a fuck, right? Because there, there's parts of it that I loved and I didn't appreciate it enough when I was experiencing it. Um, I got kind of sucked into being disgruntled and just complaining a lot about the shitty times that I enjoyed a lot, you know? Um, and I think that's a trap that a lot of service people fall into. Some of us, some of us are just closeted motivators. You know what I mean? I'm just, I, I, I loved being in the Navy and I loved working with the Marines. I still keep in contact with some of my guys. If you, if, if some of my guys are listening right now, I fucking, you know, I loved you guys. It was fun. It was, it was, it was a blast. Definitely way better than working inside of a hospital. That shit sucks. But yeah, so, um, I was a corpsman. Uh, basically, a corpsman is just a medical personnel for the Navy, right? Um, the Marine Corps is part of the Department of the Navy. Um, the Department of the Navy is the overarching like umbrella of the, the Navy and the Marine Corps. Now, the Marine Corps' mission is, you know, fight, win, right? We, they kill. That's what they do. They make the grass grow. And somebody's got to do it, you know? It's, a, it's, an honest, it's honest work. Um, but so their mission to kill, kill, kill doesn't fit having a medical like branch of the Marine Corps. So since it's part of the Department of the Navy, the Navy uses their medical personnel, corpsmen, they go through a specialized training. We call it field med. Um, you get a classified NEC, which is uh, an NEC classification, right? So basically just an MOS, right? And navies, we, in the Navy, we call them rates. In the rest of the military, they call them MOSs. Um, my rate was HM for corpsmen, but my NEC, like my specialization was 8404, which is, uh, I hate, it's crudely put, but like combat medic, okay? Essentially, so we, you go through that training, now you can support the three different combat elements of the Marine Corps, the wing, the logistics, or um, infantry. So I got put with infantry, 2-1 out of Camp Pendleton. Shit battalion, shit, gun smoke, shit battalion. <laughs> but, um, you know, big, pretty storied career with 2-1. They had a, a long history. Um, so I was super excited to get there. Uh, I, I had, when I did get to 2-1, I was a little bit on the bum side because I had been trying, since I joined, to go special operations. I wanted to go uh, recon and go be a corpsman for those recon guys and those MARSOC guys. Uh, so I had been doing nonstop training. Like, I fucking worked out too much. And I did a screener with them. I spent a week with Second Recon. By far one of the best experiences I've ever had. Got my ass kicked for a whole week. It was great. Made good connections. Everything was looking good. Came back to my command, and my command was like, nah, fam, you're working night shifts, so fuck that. So I was a little disgruntled by the time I got to field med before I went and, and checked him with 2-1. Um, fast forward a little bit. Um, I get with uh, Weapons Company 81's platoon, so mortarmen. Um, and there's a, it's a special breed of human, mortarmen and machine gunners. Infantry already, as, as its own thing, entity, is an entirely different classification of human. But add on top of that, mortarmen and machine gunners, they are very creative and resourceful, um, <laughs> to say the least. Everybody thinks of, uh, like, Marines as these fucking, like, hardcore, ripped, tan dudes just, you know, fucking doing sit-ups and push-ups. That's not infantry. That may be one or two people that you encounter. But a majority of the guys you see in infantry were the fucking, like, outcasts of your high school who were, like, drinking and smoking by the time they were 14. Like, that's who's 
fighting our wars overseas. And they are great, great fucking people, men and women. They are fantastic, right? But the, uh, because they just, they just, uh, I think they just started allowing females in the Marine Corps infantry. I don't know. But um, a, a lot of them smoke, drink, like they're, they're what frat boys wish they could be, but don't have the balls to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, so they're fun. But mortarmen and machine gunners, completely different. There's a lot of uh, sitting around when it comes to mortarmen. A lot of the ops that we did, a lot of the field time that we had was sent was spent sitting in a pause, like just a fucking ravine somewhere or like a hill. I don't know. We're just sitting somewhere. And they're fucking shooting stuff out of tubes. Um <laughs> Fuck, it was, yeah, it was fun. Uh, so uh, we we had this long week out in Japan, um, or maybe it was just a few days. I think we ended up coming back early, but I do remember having um, one, if not two, hypothermia patients because uh, it was very, very cold, and it was sleeting down rain constantly, constantly. And um, it was just, it was shit, all right? We were disgruntled. We were staying in Fuji, Mount Fuji, right at the base of the mountain. There's a joint military base out there, right? It's a weapons facility. It's fucking small. Like the entire command has maybe 150 permanent personnel, and that's all the way up the chain of command. It's not that much, right? So there's not shit to fucking do. And you can't like leave Fuji because you're in Japan. So you're full of, there's so many restrictions. You have to have a tier card and you have to be in the right tier of liberty in order to be let off base to begin with. And then you have to be like, there, there's nowhere to go around Fuji that you even have enough time to get to or enough fucking money because those taxi fares are expensive and no one knows how to use the bus system. Okay. I got on the bus one time in Fuji. One time. I don't know if this is apparent. I don't know Japanese, okay? I get on the bus with a lot of my, my you know, other coworkers, my friends. We're going out to go get some food. Get on the bus, um, and there's two doors to get on the bus. There's one in the front. There's one in the, like in the back in the middle. So that's the one I get onto, the one in the middle, because that's where all my friends went, I think. I don't know. But that one opened. It was near me. I hopped on, all right? I don't know how, what the fucking system is, okay? I thought it was free. I thought it was a free bus. And as we go to leave... There's no sign, there's no like yen amount or conversion rate. There's nothing that tells you how much it, it costs to be on that bus. So we go to get off. My friends toss in a certain amount of money. Everything's happening so fast. I'm in the middle of the group. I just, I just go like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. And I, I walk off and the guy, the main bus guy is like yelling shit in Japanese at me. And I'm just going, origato. Origato, origato, because I don't know what the, that's the only, only thing I know how to say is thank you. That's it. That's all I got. Origato. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Beautiful country, though. Absolutely beautiful country, Japan. Beautiful. The Japanese food is surprisingly much better in Japan. Um, I got a lot of cool stories, but I won't go into all of those today. Um, so, yeah, we were in Fuji. Very cold. Um, we came back from the field. And I want to say the same day we came back, um, I was going to go to the gym that evening, uh, and the gym was packed because it's a small, it's a small command, and you have an entire, like, majority of an entire battalion there, and a majority of us are meatheads or have nothing better to do, so we're just hanging out in the gym. That was like the hangout spot. Um, well, the weight room is packed, and uh, one of my Marines is like, "Yo, Doc, come play, come play ball with us, basketball, now." Again, 
I don't play basketball, okay? I'm athletic enough that I can figure it out, but I'm not a, I'm not a basketball player, all right? I'm 5'8". On a, is my fucking, sorry, I had to fix my computer for a second. The, uh, the fan just started going, and I didn't want you guys to hear it, so I paused. So we'll get back into the story, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing this on a MacBook Pro, okay? So, 5'8". I'm white. I'm athletic, but I'm not too crazy athletic to where basketball is a fun sport for me to play. I'm bulky. All right, I'm broad-shouldered. I'm mostly Irish and kind of Italian. Two not very tall groups of people. You know what I mean? 5'8", good day. Stocky, not meant for basketball. But what I'm meant for is violence, okay? I'm built. I'm built to throw hands, okay? I'm built for football, and that's how I play basketball. I play basketball like it's a full-contact sport. Now, added to the fact that I'm pissed off because I'm in Japan, not that Japan's anything wrong with Japan, but just the manner of which that I'm in Japan, I'm in there with the Marines, and we're living in barracks. We we stayed in condemned buildings, black mold, asbestos, the water's cold. It's fucking snowing all the goddamn time. It's just like, thinking back on it, I loved it. It was great. But at the time, it I was just not happy, especially with the week that we just had. I needed some kind of like... I needed some kind of outlet, you know, and that was going to be go lift weights and listen to some screamo, but it ended up being, let's go play basketball, right? So I'm playing with some of my dudes and there's this other rough and tumble guy that's on the team. Um, and we start getting into it because, well, I knew that I was instigating a fist fight and I was ready for it and I was excited and I was just going to keep going. I wasn't going to start it, you know? I don't want to be that corman that like starts fist fights with my my marines. So I was just gonna keep pushing him until it happened. Well, game starts going. I go up for a rebound, um, and when I came down, my fucking leg exploded pretty much. And I thought that it was just because I guess I don't know how to jump and land anymore. But what actually happened was a boy there that I had been going back and forth with like uh, tackled me or something. Now. It, as, as I'm telling the story, it doesn't sound that traumatic or like crazy, but what it was for me was fucking painful, okay? my I, I blew my right knee out playing football in high school. Not that much pain, mostly just a shock factor of feeling something snap inside your leg. First time it happens, you're like, what the fuck is that, right? Didn't hurt too bad. Surgery went easy. No issues with the knee. Knee's fucking fine. Now, left knee, I have, I've had no injuries to it, so everything in there is tight, right? Now, when I landed, my heel, the outside of my heel touched the outside of my upper hip, meaning my leg folded in half like a flip phone. It's not supposed to do that. Apparently, it looked really gross to those guys too, but it was a lot of pain, all right? It was, it was fucking terrible. So now let's fast forward. I finally get my MRI results. It takes too long. I tore completely... Just destroyed my ACL, grade two tear of my PCL, grade two tear of my LCR, LCL, avulsion of my LCL off of the bone, complex tear of my lateral meniscus, and a tear in my medial meniscus. And um, I had a posterior lateral corner injury, which is all the little tiny ligaments in the back left or right, the back corner of your knee. That's where all the, the meat and potatoes is. I tore all that shit too. So it fucking sucked, right? I'm stuck in a wheelchair. I'm having a crutch up the entire like road. Fuji's obviously a mountain, so you got to crutch up. I'm living on the fourth floor. 
right? It's snowing like inch, like feet of snow, and I'm having to crutch through that in ice, and then help have to like hobble my way up four flights of stairs. I have to get some of my guys to take my pants off for me because I can't even like bend my knee enough. They got to take my boots on and off. They got to take my pants off. I have to have help get in and out of the shower sometimes. Like it just in one second, I went from being this athletic driven kid to just fucking beat you know i got fucking beat by that um and there were some other things that happened um while we were in japan too that kind of fucked my head up but we'll we'll save that for another day so yeah the knees messed up okay now let's fast forward eight months later when i finally get surgery because again it's military medicine military medicine doesn't give two flying fucks about you all right they just give a shit about can you do your job my job once they took me off the line was to just make sure people went to their dental appointments and like manage shit like that, right? So I can do that from crutches. So I was not sent home early. The BC, our battalion commander, looked me in my eyes and was like, oh, I heard about you. You messed your leg up. And I was like, yeah, I tore everything. And he was like, ooh, so what are they going to do? And I was like, well, whenever I can get surgery, because you know the, the surgeon told me every time I walk on this, I'm causing permanent damage. He's like, well, when are you going to have surgery? like, sir, I don't know whenever I can get back to the States. And he was like, ooh, all right, good luck, and left. And he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy who would have sent me home, right? So I finally get into surgery. Um, but over the, the course of those eight months, it really fucked up the way that I walked, um, which started to you know, play off of some other injuries I had from playing football and doing martial arts and Taekwondo and like lifting heavy. So my, my lower back was kind of fucked and now I'm walking crooked. So now my disc slips out constantly, right? Where I'm getting this shooting pain that goes from my back down to my left leg and my leg gives out. And this is after knee surgery and everything. My back just fell to shreds. Now I got tired of having that happen at work. Luckily I work in a hospital. I can just get you know, wheeled over to the emergency room, like, department, but I hated going in there, because I'm wearing sunglasses, all right, I'm already disgruntled because of where I'm at, and how it all happened, and now I'm in pain, and they look at you, especially when you go in for back pain, they tell you they don't, but I've, again, I've worked there, they do, right, they look at you like a fucking drug addict, they look at you like you're fiending for some kind of opiate, some kind of painkiller, which in all reality, I was just there because I wanted to make sure I didn't just snap something in my spine, you know? Seems like a reasonable one thing to get checked out. Um, so yeah, those, that's, that's where my stories with ketamine and stuff come from. But uh, um, I, got, I ended up trying everything that I could, you know, like Mobic therapy, which is just a really strong inset that you take every day and it helps with inflammation. I did that. I tried tramadol, um, especially for my knee. My back was just, I was ending up in the ER like two or three times a month and it was just, it was rough. And I was like, this is dumb. So pain management gives me Percocet. Percocet I took for my knee surgery. So when he asked, what do you want to take? I was like, Percocet works. And he said, you're a big dude. I'm going to start you out at the tens, right? So 10 milligrams of oxycodone, 325 milligrams of acetaminophene makes a 10 milligram Percocet. Um, so he starts me out with those. And boy, are Percocets great, okay? I'm not advocating drug use at all. They're terrible for your body, but I'm just telling you from someone who 
I guess I can be confident enough to say I was addicted to them for a little bit. They were fantastic. All right. It's still very hard for me today. Even when my back hurts, I feel that urge of like, oh man, I can talk to the VA and get back on painkillers, but it's just fucking, it destroyed me. So I went from taking one every now and then to two every now and then to two a day to four a day to six a day to any time that I felt anything like my body was starting to make up pain throughout my body just making it up. I would just sit on the couch. I'd stand up. My knee would creak a little bit, or I would feel some kind of like tightness in my back, which is probably, it's just explainable, right? It's, it's nothing big, but I would be like, oh, fuck, got to take another one. And I just started fucking popping them, popping them. I'm hot all the time. It makes you sweat. I'm constipated because opiates, you know, they don't allow water to go through your digestive tract. So you're large intestine ends up just holding in all of your poop so you become constipated so I'm, I'm i'm not sleeping well because i'm taking them to try and fall asleep and the biggest factor for me is i don't like how it feels when i take them but i still feel the need to take them like i'm too afraid to experience my life without the crutch of the percocet okay and that's because of a lot of mental health things that were going on with me at the time that i wasn't able to put my finger on and that was like a loss of identity, like from like it's like my whole life went into a completely different direction in a split second. And, you know, it's kind of funny saying, you know, I blew my knee out playing basketball, blah, blah, blah. I don't it's funny when you see me say that story because I don't look like I play basketball. You're like, you look just like the guy who would blow his knee out playing basketball. And you'd be right. But um, it 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 fuck, it kind of fucked me up. Um, it fucked my head up a little bit. told you it's the hydration station all right you guys got to fucking hydrate you got to drink your water at least a gallon a day okay so at this point i'm taking percocet on the daily and i'm taking uh provigil they have me on ritalin for a little bit um then they put me on paroxetine or paxil and then i think Towards the end there, I was on Zoloft for a while, but I'm on a lot of things, right? They even put me on blood pressure medications because my blood pressure was up because I was just fucking, I, I was in a spiral. I was in an absolute spiral. And I had just got diagnosed with narcolepsy. Um, my migraines were back. I was having, I was like slurring my speech because I, I had, we had a, a vehicle accident in Japan, like before I blew my knee out, which again, a story for another day. That is a whole nother reason, another thing that fucked my head up, but, um, so just basically it feels like I went from this able-bodied person who could just do whatever the fuck I felt like doing and really had no limitations. My only limitation was me. And now all of a sudden I have these physical ailments that mimic those of like a 75-year-old man. And I just lose my will to live, especially being guided by the continuous drug use with the, the Percocet. So... It's causing a huge issue in my marriage. My wife and I are fighting a lot. Um, I'm not, I'm, I put her through fucking hell. I'm not being nice to her. Like, I'm just being mean because of the, the Percocet. Like, it just, it makes, it made me annoyed at everybody else's existence. All I wanted to do was get high, take those pills, mellow out, and just leave, just ignore. I didn't want to feel life. I didn't want to be awake. 
I didn't want to experience reality. So I was trying my best to manipulate it. And anybody who called me on my bullshit or anybody who attempted to push through this delusion that I was creating for myself, I was instantly enraged by and instantly annoyed. Um, so I'm going downhill fast, right? And it gets to the point where I don't give a fuck if I wake up in the morning. And like people say that, I say it, I still make jokes about it, but there was a t- there's I've been I've been there where there's not a care in the fucking world about if you when even when you close your eyes or even if you're going to see another day cuz as soon as another day comes you just want to get away from it you don't you want to disconnect i wanted to be disassociated right just a fucking vegetable um so the day that really did me in i didn't tell my wife about this for for a while um i don't even know how i didn't die in my sleep but um well I don't know if you guys can hear that airplane, but I live near the airport, and this is what you get. You're getting reality right now, okay? I don't have any way to filter out airport airplane sounds. You're going to get it. So anyway, um, there was a day when, you know, things kind of came to a head. I was having a tough time. I, I was doing what they tell you not to do. I was mixing the painkillers with alcohol, um, and I took 17 10-milligram Percocets during, I don't know, maybe a four or five hour period, 17. Like I was taking them, I think I took 10 at a time the first time, one after another, 10. That is a lot, all right? That's a lot. I don't, like, you just can't fuck with it, you know, because it creeps up on you and next thing you know, you you stop breathing and you die. But I didn't give a fuck if it was going to happen. I didn't give a fuck. I was hardened at this point to the point where, one Percocet didn't do shit because I was high all the time, so I had to take more. So I took 10, and that led into me taking about seven more. <laughs> On top of that, I had been drinking throughout the day, so I think at this point I'm six or seven beers deep. 17 Percocet, six or seven beers, um, and then I took like two Ambien later on in the evening, so I'm, I'm fucked up. And uh, yeah, I remember falling asleep, like laying there in bed, and feeling my chest feels like it's on fire from the Percocet. Like I have to think to breathe. Like I have to remind myself to breathe. Um, and I just think like, man, as soon as these like my lights go out, as soon as I fall asleep, my body's just going to stop breathing and I'm going to asphyxiate in my sleep and die. But I just didn't give a shit. And it's super fucked up now. It's super fucked up to think about um, doing that to my wife and doing that to my family. But, you know. When you're in that state, nobody really matters. It's very, it's a very selfish place to be. Depression, a deep depression, is is super selfish. But um, uh, yeah, I woke up in the morning, felt like shit, but um, I was a bit sober. I had a clearer mind, and I was like, I, I don't want to. I don't. That's not how I want to go out. That's not how I want my story to end. I don't want to be this person that just gave up. You know, I, I hit a hurdle. That's all it was. It's just a bump in the road. You know, life fucking happens. Sometimes things like your life doesn't plan, pan out the way that you want it to. And I had been at that, that crossroads in my life many times before where I thought I was going to do one thing and then, you know, something out of my control happens and completely diverts me onto another track. But I 
didn't ever give up. I just kept rolling with the punches. And at this point in my life, I had given up and I was ready to be dead. I was ready to not wake up. I was thinking about the sweet release of death, like constantly. It was not just an ideation. It was like a, it's like a song you can't get out of your head. <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, I woke up and, uh, just felt different about things. And <clears throat> I know it's weird, but I was in California and I went to the local dispensary that we had, March and Ash. Shout out to those guys. Um, and I got, I went in and I talked to a dude who was in there and I just got real with him for a second. And I was like, look, I got all this shit going on, like, you know, depression, anxiety stuff. Like I'm getting out of the military and I'm on these painkillers and I feel like, like they're going to fucking take me out one day. And I, I want something different. I want something that's just going to help ease, like ease the pain, the physical pain, because I still had some, but also help with the mental stuff. And I didn't want to take all of the different pills that I was taking. I wanted to achieve that with something that was, I don't know, more natural, which if you go to a dispensary in California, it's very natural. Like I know it's, it's a foreign concept in, in some other states to talk about the use of cannabis and THC as a medicinal remedy. But if you go to these places where it's actually done and educate yourself, you'd be surprised what you can find out that I don't know. I won't get into it, but, um, so he helped me out. He hooked me up. Um, I kept going back to there and I just, I quit the pills cold Turkey, which was tough, <coughs> which was real tough with some days where I was like, in the fetal position, curled up into a ball on the floor of my wife and I's bedroom. And I'm just, I just want to die. I don't want to talk. I'm just, just, it was bad. And, uh, the only thing that could like get me up to have an appetite or even put a smile on my face and want to enjoy the sunshine was her little, her little, uh, THC vape pen that she picked out. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like I'm a, I, I'm always going to be a big supporter now for cannabis and THC, but I feel like it definitely helped me save my own life. I don't think that it saved my life. Nothing can do anything for you. No one can do anything for you. You can only do for yourself, right? But you can have things that help you out along the way. And I think that that helped me out a lot. That helped me with um, not only the physical part of getting off of painkillers, but also there's something about when you get high enough I don't like to put it that way, but there's something about when you get high enough that there's the death of your ego and your own brain. You can get over yourself. <clears throat> and it was one of the first times that I, like in a long time, that I felt love and empathy for people around me and appreciation for my wife, for my family, wanting to have a different life, wanting to make an impact, wanting to be a better brother, to be a better son and most of all, be a better husband so that in the future I can be a better father. Like there was, and that came from just smoking fucking weed and my life's changed since then. I had some similar experiences on ketamine, um, but ketamine is intense and we can, if you guys have questions, email me about it. I can do a whole episode on ketamine. I've had, did the infusions I've done. Yeah, I can, <laughs> that's a fucking, that's a, that's a heavy one. Um, but yeah. So, um, that's just a little bit of my story. Um, the, 
the podcast kind of came in between all of that as I was getting off of the the Percocet just because um, I always had this inkling to do stand-up comedy, sort of like an urge just to do it for fun. You know, I like to think that I'm funny. I like to think that I'm creative and have a bit of a an objective point of view, you know what I mean? Uh, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, so right as I was about to do my first open mic, um, uh, COVID rolled through and shut everything down. So <clears throat> I had to start a podcast and, um, you know, I'm not, like I said before, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not an influencer. Everything that you, all of the episodes that you've heard, everything that's on there, every video that's ever come out, every post, well, most of the posts on the Instagram, it's all me. Like I, I did all of it. I'm still doing all of it and I'm still learning as I go on. And it just, I don't know, goes to show that like you, you can accomplish anything you want to accomplish in your life. Anything. If, if there's something that deep down makes you stay awake at night thinking about and fantasizing about experiencing and doing, like, don't get fucking creepy. I'm not talking about those kind of fantasies where you end up having to change your drawers halfway through the evening. I'm talking about thinking about just, I don't know, whether it's a sport, whether it's trying to make music, whether it's fucking, I don't know, writing a book, anything. <laughs> Just fucking do it. Why not? Why the fuck not? That's what I told myself. And that's what led us to where we are today. To like if I if I wouldn't have lived through that night, I wouldn't be who I am right now. I wouldn't be sharing that story with you guys. Um, and I wouldn't be <clears throat> doing this podcast. Like, I know that's pretty obvious, I'd be dead, but <laughs> Like, uh, it's just, yeah, um, yeah, so, feels like such a bummy, a bummy end to this episode, uh, but, yeah, man, uh, this, it's gonna be a new podcast, it's gonna be real, um, I'm gonna get over my stage fright here, and, uh, I'm gonna share stories with you guys that maybe some of you might be able to empathize with, or, Whatever, you know, if it helps you in some type of way, if any of it helps you, even if me making fun of Florida and country music helps you, it's what I'm here for. And <clears throat> that's what I'm, that's what I'm striving to do with this podcast. So damn, my mouth is dry as fuck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with that being said, um, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for coming back for another episode. Um, <clears throat> we'll be doing more. I'm not crying, I promise. I'm just fucking... I, hold on. I gotta put more water in my throat. <laughs> Ugh. A lot of talking makes your mouth dry. Um, so yeah. Uh, keep Make sure to follow everything. TNF Pod on Instagram. TNF Pod on pretty much everything. Twitch streams will come back eventually. Um, uh, I'm here if you guys want to talk about whatever. Again, to the international listeners... If you guys want to have a chat with me on like Discord, Zoom, something like that, and you want to like share some stories of your own life taking place and you know what's going on in your country, even if it's about this COVID shit, politically, whatever, I want to learn. I don't want to have conversations with cool people. So hit it up. That's not funny pod at gmail.com. 
send in your music recommendations, movies, TV. I'm going to be talking about everything on this podcast. Whatever I find relevant throughout the week and whatever really speaks to me, I'm going to talk about it. And um, if, I've, if I have a personal story that I wish to share, and I have a lot. If I have more, um, I'm going to share one each week. And uh, you guys can be feel free to write in anonymously about your own if you want to, um, and we can talk about it. So uh, make sure to love yourself. Make sure to love those around you. Try and have a positive outlook on life. Get out into the fucking sunshine. A little vitamin D never hurt nobody. Um, And yeah, do something creative. Do something creative this week. Fucking use your brain. Do something that you love. All right? I'll talk to you guys later, and have a great week.